Wishing for a Christmas mortgage miracle? Patriot Trading Group wants to make your wish come true. Just enter to win on Family Values Radio website, and you can enjoy your mortgage paid for all of 2020. That's right. It's the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest, where if you win, you'll have all kinds of extra money the entire year for a vacation, new clothes, new giant screen TV with whole home audio, whatever else may be on your wish list, because the winner will receive their mortgage or rent payments covered for all of 2020. To enter, go to Family Values Radio 1010. And click on the banner. Enter once each day to increase your chances to win. And look for bonus entry opportunities. That's FamilyValuesRadio1010.com. And enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle Contest. Sponsored by Patriot Trading Group. Contest ends December 20th. See our website for details. Hey, good morning and welcome to Monday. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. And for almost two and a half decades, we've been coming right here Every morning, Monday through Friday, talking about wealth insurance, protecting your tomorrows with something you can actually feel and touch, something that isn't a promise to pay, something that isn't debt, something that can't be made up out of thin air. You can't email it. There's no electronic statements. No Venmoing it. Nope. It's the... uh, Physical delivery of wealth insurance, a.k.a. gold and silver. Uh, We do it better than anybody. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com. And and I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, You know, we we talked on Friday, playoff football, My, my youngest son, who's a junior in high school, teams in the football playoffs here in Arizona. Uh, We won the opening round game. We did not play very well, but we won. Uh, Congratulations, by the way, Verado High School. Very well coached. Those kids should uh, really be proud. Uh, The very well coached football team. They played super, super hard. A lot of penalties by us a lot of we got to clean that up so we're we're on to next week so we'll see what happens in we'll we'll let you know but for those of you that care there's about three of you that do uh we we have advanced into the next round of the playoffs and lsu alabama lsu was the winner by the way that was one of the best college football games i'd seen in a long time uh lsu alabama you talk about passion those fans are passionate uh, LSU, the number one team in the country. Of course, we only talk about it because, you know, here in Phoenix, we have the Fiesta Bowl. And there's I, – and, and I should know more, but the Fiesta Bowl and I think uh, I think the Orange Bowl and a couple of other – Rose Bowl, you know, you alternate the national championship game. And I think this year we're due for – we're not the national championship game this year, but I, we're due for, like, one of the good ones. So uh, that always brings a lot of money here uh, to to the Valley of the Sun. Everybody moving here. Block in. I know Colorado's growing. Arizona, I don't know if we were the fastest-growing state, but we're right there, second, maybe third, uh, as uh, more and more people getting out of those places where, let's face it, all the taxes are going up. The debts are going up. Nobody can afford anything, and they're all moving to the to the red states. And you know what? Turning them, I guess they call it purple. <laughs> or, you know, and, and uh, let's face it, uh, the, the great giveaways every single year. 
whether it's budget overrides or or tax this or proposition that, uh, continuing to gather steam. We had Michael Bloomberg saying he's going to run for president. Uh, the Democrats weren't very happy. I saw an article. He's he's not tracking very well, which makes a lot of sense. The guy's a billionaire. Ain't nobody. Uh, Nobody feels too sorry for Michael Bloomberg. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But you get all that somewhere else. We're going to talk finance. We're going to talk about what's been going on in the world uh, over the weekend. Uh, I guess bad news if you're a trade deal optimist. Uh, the president out saying China wants to deal more than we do. And, uh, you know, not that it was anything big, but uh, no details about any progress. Uh, again, last week I told you this was a, a really a bank-driven event. Who's the big winner of phase one of the trade deal? Who's the big winner? I mean, I know what the media wants you to believe, that the farmers, the farmers are going to be the big winner. I I wish that was true, but it's not. You know, and if you actually read uh, what the Chinese were saying about agriculture purchases, that they're willing to start buying again, but only if we're cheaper than everywhere else. So they they found other sources, Brazil, Argentina, Russia, uh, very competitive. The big winner in phase one is not the farmers. It's the bankers, right? Because phase one, and this is how uh, we're trying to set this up, and and it really... It just, again, lays everything out in perspective about who's really in charge here. Right? This was supposed to be about you know, fair trade. This was supposed to be about what China stealing intellectual property and uh, China tr- trying to take over the world. And the agreement that they want to put into place in phase one doesn't have to do with any of that. Oh, no. It has to do with financial slash insurance companies being able to operate in China without a Chinese partner. That's the big win for phase one. So when you think about all the stuff that happened last week, right, they they had... All these Chinese people. Now, none of them were actually the head negotiators or even really remotely involved in any of the negotiating processes coming out in these, like, almost like they look like press conferences. Yeah, yeah, the United States has agreed to a deal. Only to find out we hadn't. But now you know why it was. I'm not going to say Jamie Dimon and J.P. Morgan was the ones behind it, but you can guess where my money is. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. So what is real anymore? When we look at corporate uh, profits, we look at earnings, we look at Wall Street uh, was at record highs, uh, Dow's down today, uh, mostly because there's no good trade war news. Uh, the, the, you see the report? Uh, KKR is looking at trying to take Walgreens private, right? This just kind of tells you how messed up everything really is. The amount of money that's been created, 
uh, talking about wealth. So are we doing better? Are we doing worse? Where do we shake in? And, and most of us, I think, would agree, right? The, you, you, the If you're in the bottom 50% here in the U.S., it's probably not real good for you, right? Life's a struggle. But if you can get to that, you know, 51, right? If you can just get over that, that you know, maybe I'm never going to be a one percenter. But if I can stay between that 50 and 99, I'll still do pretty good. According to the latest data over the last 10 years, the 50 to 99th percentile is falling behind now. It used to be, right? we get it, hey, you bottom 50%, you, you got a tough road to hoe. You know, there's a big article out about jobs. And we started this when Obama was president. And remember, we used to do all the jobs that were waitresses and waiters and bartenders and paper or plastic. Would you like fries with that? Right? And then everybody became a taxi driver. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, not glorious, but... Again, though, in the right context, not a bad way to go, right? Hey, I'm a, I'm a teacher. I'm a factory worker. I, I work at Walmart. I work at McDonald's. I work retail. Maybe I'm a waitress or a waiter. Hey, here's another way I can turn my car into a taxi right to to make extra money now uh, the latest data and you got to dig cuz when you when you go and you turn on the idiot box they like to give you headlines right headlines on wealth hey we, we got wealthier again that's the headline right americans wealthier than ever they never give you the details of the wealth, right? The details, because they don't want to. Because you know what? If you knew, you may be upset about it. Hey, if you take out the 1%, everybody else is poor. Uh, it's all where we're right on the precipice here of now the 1% is going to own more than the entire middle class. It's one thing when they own more than the bottom 50, right? Hey, you bottom 50, you're bottom guys. You know, the, the, the bottom 50 used to be comprised of high school dropouts, right? It used to be comprised of uneducated people, right? Maybe you got your high school diploma, but that was it. And you know what? You didn't go to trade school. You didn't learn how to be a carpenter. You didn't learn how to be a plumber. You didn't learn how to be an electrician. Which, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, if, if a lot of people had it to do over again, I bet you they wish they had done that instead. See, because remember, they told us they promised us, and, and they weren't necessarily wrong. You better be educated, right? If you don't get educated, you're not going to make it. 
do you know the largest growing group falling into the bottom 50%? College graduates. Right? I'm not talking about, hey, I took a semester of community college. Right? I'm not talking about those guys. I'm not talking about, well, I went for a year, but then I drank my way out of school. I'm not talking about them. Actual college graduates. Over the weekend, there was an in a, always over the weekend, uh, they'll, they'll release articles where they tell you a little bit of truth because they're hoping you're not paying attention. Uh, unemployment rates are starting to rise again now for college graduates. And that's a tough sign. It was bad, right, during the Obama years. Remember how bad it was? And the college graduates were like, man, I can't get a job. I went to school for this. All I can do is get a job waitressing. All I can do is get a job, uh, you know, pouring people's drinks. Starting to see it again. But what is this? all this money worth? Something really crazy happened in Japan uh, last week. You know, obviously, they love their fish there. Right, we know this, right? They make shows here in the United States uh, about you know the deadliest catch and the, and the crab, and then they got the tuna fishermen right over there in Maine and on the East Coast, and they ship it all over to the Japanese markets. There was a crab, a snow crab. It weighed. 2.7 pounds. So what would that feed? 2.7 pounds of crab. Two to three people, right? Two to three people, maybe, right? And, and you know, you go and let's just say you went to, you know, I'm not talking about going to Red Lobster, okay? But you, you go to a, a, a nice place and you order the crab. Right, I mean, what are we talking? What what, what would be the the price? And I'm looking at one because I don't eat crab, so so I don't know what twenty five bucks, twenty five bucks, maybe a fancy place, fifty bucks, right, at some high end place. One single crab sold at auction in Japan for forty six thousand dollars. <laughs> Smashing the previous record. Now the previous record was set last year. It was eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, and the fishery, the auction house that bought it, it's a fish wholesale place, says yes, it's gonna end up on some rich guy's plate. Right? So they're gonna get I don't even know, but I would imagine they're probably going to get someone to pay 70, 80 grand uh, to eat a single crab. But this is what I'm saying. This is, it doesn't, it's not worth anything anymore. Five, for 40 some thousand, it was five million yen. (laughs) And I, and I only laugh because it's not worth anything. And you're sitting there and you're listening to this and this is what happens. When you just create money out of thin air. See, they do it and they tell you they're doing it for us. But they're not. They do it to bail out their friends. 
right? The only, there's only one small percentile that's really benefiting from this, and that's the uber-rich, right? To invest in Wall Street, I mean, to really invest in Wall Street, you already got to have the money. If you don't have the money, right, you're not going to do it. Bottom 50% of Americans own about 2% of the stock market. That's it. The bottom 50 and when you're sitting there and you think about now all of a sudden the 50 to 99% are starting to struggle. But I, maybe struggle is too strong of a word. But what's happening, here's the thing that's clear. They're not gaining wealth anymore. Right? And the, even homes are losing wealth in their homes. And And we're watching all of this play out and we're sitting there and we're trying to figure out where do we go next? I mean, because it's important to know, 53 million Americans drowning in a low-wage cycle, the greatest uh, report. And again, this is another report out of the Federal Reserve saying about 44% of all workers now are what they consider to be low-wage, low-skill. So let me ask you this. If Almost half the jobs in the country are low-wage, low-skilled. And again, let me read it to you again. 44% of all U.S. workers, 16 to 64, are considered low-wage, low-skilled. Why would everybody need a college degree? Right? Why Why would, if half the jobs today are low-wage, low-skilled, why are they telling everyone to go to college and rack up the debt? Well, you know why? Right? Because who benefits when you do that? Do you benefit? No. No. It's, it's mixed at best. Right, mixed at best. Right now, in the last twenty years, that college degree is returning less and less and less. Now, am I out there telling everyone, "Hey, don't go to college"? No, I'm not telling you that. But what I am telling you is, hey, not everybody should go to college, right? If you're a C student in high school, hey, go to trade school. You're going to be better off. They said many of these folks are now stuck in what they call the gig economy. Have you ever thought about where that came from? How did it become legal? And of course, once again, it's all the laws that get changed that you don't hear about. See, companies really, since the beginning of time, Right, are looking for ways to do what? Be more productive. And what does be more productive really mean? Be more productive really means, hey, I want to produce more stuff, right? And I want to do it for less money, right? I want to make more money, right? That's how you do it. And they've been trying forever to get this done at whose expense? Well, mainly, what's the number one cost for most companies? Okay, 
What's the number one cost for most companies? And the answer is very simple. I know you know the answer. Wages. Right? Wages are the number one cost. And, of course, what goes into wages? Well, it's the the salary or the average hourly rate plus the health care plus the unemployment plus the workers' comp, right, plus this, plus if there was back in the day there was pensions. First, they got the government to go along with getting rid of pensions. They did that in the 80s and the 90s. And now, even today, some of these legacy pension companies, they announced, I think it was it was either IBM or GE, just finally said, that's it, we're done with these. Take the buyout or, or, or risk not having anything, right, all those things. But they replaced it with that 401K. Have we gotten, are we better off today than we were then or worse? Are we better off today without pensions than we are with pensions? Wall Street's risen, right? Stock market's gone up. We don't own any more homes than we used to, right? It's not, our debt picture hasn't gotten any better, right? Now, of course, everything costs a fortune, right? We, we've got more people working over the age of 65. It's the fastest-growing segment of the labor force. All of these things are true. And now, according to the central bank's own detail, more and more Americans being stuck in this gig economy. In other words, where work, where employers don't pay you workers' comp, don't pay unemployment insurance, they don't have to pay for anything but what? A, an agreed upon price. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Statehood for D.C. is not a new idea, but it's still a very real threat to our Constitution. As the long-standing delegate from D.C. to Congress, Eleanor Holmes Norton can already serve on committees, and she can speak on the House floor. She has federally funded offices and an official website at House.gov, just like the real congressmen who represent the 50 states. She already calls herself a congresswoman and takes positions on pending legislation. One recent example would be her dogged opposition to a pro-life bill which would have limited the funding of abortion, which was introduced by Congressman Chris Smith. Norton's background includes signing the Black Woman's Manifesto, which in 1970 expressed views of radical feminism and blamed capitalism for oppressing women and minorities. Norton has been a supporter of legislation expanding abortion and even prohibiting states from limiting it. She's received the endorsement of Emily's List, a PAC that supports the election of politicians who want unrestricted and taxpayer-funded access to abortion. Eleanor Holmes Norton is not a full voting member of Congress, but she would probably become one if H.R. 51 ever became law. H.R. 51 is the Democrats' latest bill to grant statehood to D.C., More than 200 Democrat congressmen co-sponsor the bill to create a new state called the State of Washington, Douglas Commonwealth. 
The proposed name doesn't even sound like a real state, but political correctness is running amok here. One prior effort sought to rename D.C. as the state of New Columbia, but political correctness today prevents naming anything after Christopher Columbus anymore. Washington, D.C.'s 68 square miles were voluntarily ceded by Maryland to the United States for use as our nation's capital, not to create a new state having equal power as itself. If the real desire is to provide representation in Congress for those who live within D.C., then the Maryland delegation could represent the people of D.C. too. The only problem is that representation is not what the drive for D.C. statehood is really about. Instead, Democrats want two more senators to shift the balance of power to their side in the United States Senate. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. It's the haves and the have-nots. And right now, the have-nots are not winning. Uh, And again, I don't know how you fix it. At some point, when you wipe them all out, right, you hit the reset button. You know, we're already talking about now 44% of all private jobs. Non-government jobs pay what they call low-skill, low-tier wages. And it's rampant, right? And then you throw the gig economy on top of it. uh, And then all of a sudden, things start to add up a little bit. Because, you know, we talk about what was the American dream, right? You got the job, right? You got educated. You got the job. You get the girl, right? You, you, You have you have a couple of kids and a dog, maybe a cat, right? The real crazy people out there get the birds. No, I'm kidding. You know, the, but you get the pet and you raise your kids, right? You do the old, you know, you do the little league and the football and and uh, the the drama and all the the kids get raised and and uh, you know the in the the whole circle repeats itself. And one of the things that made America different was this middle class thing, right? That was that was the thing. You know, you, you think about, Eric used to talk about Ford, Henry Ford, had that net novel concept of I want my employees to be able to buy what we're producing, the cars we produce, right? And, 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 and I think right now we've we've shifted, right? We've gone into this other direction now where everybody is looking for what? Hey, I want to pay less, and now it's global, right? You're not competing against a guy from California or, or Florida or Iowa. You're competing against everybody in the world now for all of these jobs. And eventually, you know, we, we worried about this happening, right? Go back to free trade. Think about our trade war with China and why we're here. I mean, China was nothing. I mean, they weren't nothing, but they were right next to nothing 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And now here they are, right? Every We all recognize it. 
I mean, we're not ready to call them a superpower yet. But they're right there, right? They're right there. And how did we do it? Well, we they changed all the laws and they gave it all away. All the people that, all of our elected officials, they get bought and paid for. Uh, and, and, and the same thing happens. They tell you how great it's going to be. Right? I remember when NAFTA and GATT was coming around. I, hadn't, I wasn't even working here yet. Right? And we were going to build everything for everybody. Right? The Chinese, the Indian, listen, they need microwaves, refrigerators, they need cars, right? They need blenders and coffee makers. And we're going to sell it to them. And, and it sounded great. But really, in reality, it was, hey, we're going to just move over there. And now they're going to sell it. Instead of us selling it to them, they're going to sell it to us. And, of course, all of those jobs that used to be middle class, gone. Even now, I don't even know factory jobs. Are there middle class jobs anymore? I'm not sure. Maybe some. But now it's starting to have an effect. Right, and we talk about you know, like the baby boomers, right? They probably got the best hand, right? Because they lived in the era where the debt was going up, and we made all these promises, and 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 but everything was still fairly reasonable. And then after the baby boomers, right? We got Gen X, right? My generation. Right, my generation, we're the first generation really to have to deal with student loans on a large scale. Yes, fastest growing segment of student loan debt, people over the age of sixty, you know, and we're we're talking about Gen Xers, we're we're talking, you know, somewhere in the uh fifties, late forties, early fifties, late fifties. And student loan debt credit card debt, right? Remember, credit card debt didn't start till the 70s. And now, the latest data out about housing. Seeing as most Americans are now saddled with student loan debt, underemployment, and other economic blights. Now, you don't hear that. Nobody talks like that. What do we hear? Unemployment's at an all-time record low. Right, and it doesn't matter who you are, black, white, Chinese, Asian, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever, it's all at all time lows. Well, the way we count it. Of course, forty four percent of those jobs don't pay enough for you to live on. Few have any money left for important purchases like a home. Young first time home buyers are vanishing from the U.S. housing market. Think about this. People owning homes, right, down near, you know, what, 60% now? That's it. Now they're saying that young first-time homebuyers have all but disappeared from the housing market, yet housing prices are near all-time record highs. Yet, we sell less homes today than we did in 1999. That's a fact. 
I know that's hard. A lot of people don't want to believe that either, but it's true. Right? What do we have? We have a bunch of rich people that own 20 and 30 and 40 and 1,000. You know, they, they have uh, what hedge funds owning thousands of homes. It's beginning to look like millennials are going to be remembered as the first renter generation in the country's history. According to the latest data from the National Association of Realtors, okay, these are the realtors. If anybody's going to paint a good picture, it's the realtors. The median age for a first-time homebuyer has increased to 33 years old. So think about the the first time you bought a house. How old were you? It used to be you bought a house in your 20s. Now they're saying that it's now in your 30s. The median age, by the way, that is the highest median age since they've been collecting the data. By the way, the median age for all home buyers also hit a record. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800-951-0592. I love what Ray Dalio said last week. Talking about Wall Street selling dreams instead of earnings. Be careful out there. Right, we're, 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 got, we're in this, it's another one of these bubbles here. Yeah, we got people working. They aren't making any money. They're working. People can't afford to buy a home. A first-time home buyer now is in his 30s. You know, I can't tell you, and I know that a lot of you remember this, how many people a year or two out of high school were buying their first homes when I was growing up. It just did. You went out. You, if you didn't go to college, you went out. You got a job, worked a couple of years, bought a house. And we're affordable. You know, and I tell the story all the time about my wife and I. I was actually old for, for my group. I was 28. My wife was only 21. Maybe she was 22. So between the two of us, you averaged us out, right? We were right in the middle. Usually by about 25, you had a home. And I and I tell you the story. We we, we had to drive way out of town, right up in Anthem for you local folks. You know, back when the I-17 only had two lanes on it. Now now they got four lanes, and that's not enough, right? They added more. And it was a three-bedroom, two-bath on a postage stamp. I mean, I literally could have my hand on the side of my house. My other hand would touch the fence to my neighbor's house. I mean, it was postage stamp. And it was $135,000, that house. Now, the interest rate at the time was like 7%. But I, I was doing okay, you know, making somewhere, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars 
kids, and that was all the house we could afford. Right, and we 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 we, we made it work. And and today, you can't buy a house buy a house for one hundred thirty thousand. They don't exist. And this was a brand new home, brand new home. It was kind of middle of the road, you know, nothing fancy. 1,600 square feet, you know. That same home today, driving just as far out, if not farther. You, gotta, you actually got to drive farther. 300,000. Let's say if you drive really far, okay, 250. Can't afford it. The median age of all home buyers. In other words, it's not your first. Could be your first. Could be your second. Highest level on records: forty-seven years old. By the way, the median age of that category in nineteen eighty-one: thirty-one. Wow. It's like fifty percent older today and it's getting worse uh where was it somewhere in here they had the number here it is the average ages of home buyers increased the average income has also increased the median income of purchasers in other words how much money are you making rose to $93,200 in 2018. So think about it. If you want to buy a home here in the United States, and it varies, right? It varies here to there, but in the areas, you know, Phoenix, greater Phoenix, greater Denver, right? You need to make 100 grand. 100 grand a year gets you just a middle-class type home, right? You're not living in North Scottsdale, right? You're not living in the swanky part of Denver, right? You're not out at the ski resorts. No, you're out in some uh, middle-class, out-on-the-outskirts type community for a hundred grand a year. Now I only bring this up because we always like to plan, not for next week or next month. You know, because Wall Street only cares about what the next hour or two. Right? Remember when they used to tell you, "Oh, Wall Street looks twelve months into the future." Whatever happened to that? Right? Where where did that go? Right now, Wall Street's just nothing but headlines. We, we've had a good run. The central bank has broken every economic rule possible. We're now creating trillions of dollars out of thin air. We're buying our own debt now, right? We're monetizing our own debt, and we do it. We act like we're doing it. And, and oh, but don't worry. It's different this time. It's not like the last time we did it. And, and you sit there and you think, well, does it matter why? 
Does it really matter in the scheme of things? Look at what it's really doing. Everything's too expensive. Nobody can afford it, right? The average first-time home buyer, <laughs> right, is is somebody who most people by this time, they're in, when you're in your thirties, right? your kids were like in school, getting ready. Some of people were like, my kids are in junior high by the time I'm in my thirties. Now you're just buying a house. You haven't even had kids yet. America. But hey, that's why you put gold away. Because when that rainy day does come, you'll be prepared. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Everything is down today. Gold uh, under attack again. We saw the big move last week uh, on the fake uh, trade headline news. Of course, I, I'm telling you, a J.P. Morgan-led event. Listen, they want to be in there. They want phase one of that trade deal to get done because they get uh, what, right, make more money. Yeah, they don't need to have a Chinese partner. Uh, that's on hold at least for today. Gold was under pressure early this morning. Uh, got all the way down, was breaking 1450 and then bounce back uh, right now. We'll see how it plays out. Gold is down, depending on where you were, and three to six bucks, depending on where you're looking. Fourteen fifty-six, fourteen fifty-seven, right in right around that su- support area. If fourteen fifty holds, great. If fourteen fifty doesn't hold, got about probably about thirty bucks, fourteen twenty. Depending on where, you know, some are saying 1440, 1420, uh, 1412, something like that. Uh, the Dow is off the lows, just breaking. This just happened during the break. Boeing is saying they're going to be delivering that 737 MAX plane. They're going to start deliveries again in December. Uh, that that's that's brought the Dow uh, a little bit of relief. The Dow's down seventy two points right now. The S and P's down eleven. Nasdaq's down twenty five. I wonder, will you get on one? I don't. I think we probably will. Right? What choice do you have? You book the flight. It's not like they tell you what the plane is. Uh, you show up to the airport. Would you leave if there was one of those seven thirty sevens? I don't know. I think the president has it right. Boeing should probably rename it. Listen, we've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Great deals today. Call us. We'll tell you what we've got uh, at 800-951-0592. Kind of we want to clean out the vaults here. Uh, we're willing to make some great deals. we got uh, gold and silver uh, whatever you're looking for, give us a call, 800-951-0592. Today we'll, our, uh, we'll have more Fed governors. I can't wait to hear these guys talk about how it is they haven't screwed up this whole thing. Right? I mean, think about just today, 44% of all workers make an average of $10 and 22 cents an hour. That's about, if you worked 40 hours, which hardly anybody does anymore, it's about $20,000 a year. 
the average income, the median, because the average is different, the median, which is even worse, $93,000 is what you need to make to actually be able to afford to buy a home. And first-time home buyer is now the oldest on record. 800-951-0592. Listen, you got to know these things, right? It, it doesn't make it good or bad or, or doom or gloom. It just means, hey, this is, this is the situation we're really in, right? Most people, the bottom 50% only own 2% of stocks. Now 50 to 99%, they've stopped what? They've stopped growing. Only growth now with Jamie Dimon and his buddies. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow. By the way, the biggest crashes on Wall Street were when inequality got to the levels we're seeing today.